Hi, everybody, and welcome to I'm Frickin' Lonely. How about you? Staying connected in the time of COVID. I'm your host, Sheila Nall, coming to you from my garage in Princeton, New Jersey. <laughs> Today, I'd like to welcome our guest, Carl Reuter, right? Yes. <laughs> As we continue our exploration of the tracks people's lives have taken during the pandemic. With us again also is Jeremy Lightcap, my sometimes co-host and friend of Carl's, also Hello. my son-in-law. Yep. Hi, guys. Hey. And for any of you who have listened to previous episodes, welcome back. So Carl's personal descriptor is warehouse operator and freelance human. <laughs> I love that, freelance human. He also describes himself as a great connector and an extroverted introvert. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear exactly what those mean. And that's what we hope to do over the next 40 minutes or so. So, Carl, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, yeah, so I, th I didn't really know what to put for describing myself because uh, so many people describe themselves off of what their job is. And when I got that, I'm actually not working currently. So, um, like, freelance humans just kind of seem to be the best thing because I'm not, like, a freelancer in certain fields, but... And then warehouse operator, that's like the last official job title I could put on there. So, yeah. Yeah, but we don't, most of us define ourselves by our jobs anyway. You try not to, yeah. yeah. But you'll uh -huh. find a lot of people when you meet, that's like the third thing they ask you or second thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of a bummer, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. I agree. And I've worked so many different types of jobs, like all different types of fields. People are like, oh my God. Yeah, because yeah, so. that's really cool to somebody like me, because I just, I worked in the same field 45 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, that's when I got my degree in, I went and did it, and then I retired. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. it's a lot broader experience when you do what you did. Yeah. So, Jeremy, really, what's your connection to Carl, and how did you figure out that he'd be a good candidate to come <laughs> and oh, talk about um, all the stuff he's done? Yeah, it's going to be so <laughs> fun. I can't wait to hear uh, uh, you know, Carl's such a good storyteller, so you're lucky to have him on here. Yeah, no, here I'm excited. Guest. <laughs> well, thanks um, for yeah. bringing him along. Of course. Yeah, no, Carl's just an old, super old child childhood friend. Um, I would say Carl's like my older brother in a way, you know, because <laughs> right, when I met yeah, him, yeah. I felt really kind of isolated and um, kind of just, I just felt like I, I, I lived in a very strict home life, and Carl kind of showed me like, oh, hey, you can be creative and do whatever you want, and, <laughs> and uh, well, like, you know, within reason, and so, yeah, Carl became like one of my best friends, and I've known him for, God, 20 years now, probably. Yeah, it's been a long time, yeah. and that's, yeah, I would say the same thing, like, I, I really, it kind of came together that I didn't realize I felt like your older brother until your wedding when I had to write the speech, yeah. and then I was like, oh my God, yeah, but it was like, we, we knew Jeremy, I would say in like, I knew who he was in like elementary school, but like I had my eye on him, like a, like a talent scout <laughs> in like high school. And like, like I who said. Who can I get in trouble with? I mean, yeah, essentially, I, like, who can I lead astray? He just kind of like came into my orbit and I was like, you know, me and a, another uh, good friend and, and friend with Jeremy as well, Nick, I was like, this kid, he just seemed like, like he had so much potential to be more than what he was being like he just felt kind of I felt like he was like stifled with his group of friends I'm like these kids kind of suck like he should get him <laughs> to hang out with us so he's like skating with us and I just remember I was like yo man like you're in high school you can put pictures of girls on your wall and like we were like jumping off his roof and stuff oh, like I that heard about like that. yeah like and I'm like yo you should 
just your yeah. mom was like wait what yeah. and then he was like yeah i want to try art in high school and i was like just dude go for it yeah so mm-hmm. we just i just like really clicked with him and like i felt like he was uh, he could just kind of like burst out and be who he really was and then once he started hanging out with the new crew like he was like full-blown jeremy so. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool yeah <laughs> Well, thanks for doing that for Jeremy, and no thank problem. you, Jeremy, for <laughs> introducing uh, us to Carl. That's that's great. So, you know, I guess we'll need a little bit of background. Like, where were you? Sure. What were you doing when the pandemic hit? How did you first know it was going to impact you, or did you? Sure. Um, in 2019, like the very beginning of 2019, I came back from Japan. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like my life dream to go to Japan. I never thought I would live there, but I just always wanted to go there. When did you go? Um, it's crazy because I just got the idea. Like I said, I've worked a lot of different jobs. I was working at a casino, uh, and that was after being an elementary school teacher <laughs> for like three <laughs> years. And I was like, this That's is... That's an interesting combination. Yeah, <laughs> right I was like... Oh, like, well, there's <laughs> a, a whole additional episode right there. Yeah. So <laughs> 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 have to unpack my work history. Um, so I was like, not really happy. I had gone from like being a teacher being a bar back in a casino and I was like this sucks um so I looked into being I just got the idea I was like what if I just went to live in Japan like I don't have any kids I don't have a wife I mean I had a girlfriend at the time and then uh I looked into it and I I did a lot of stuff I didn't need to do like I got a course that was like you're certified to teach English abroad I didn't need that because I had teaching experience so literally a year from the day that I applied for that program like that teaching course program was when I arrived, and that was just, like, super serendipitous. But I arrived in August 2017, and then I was there for, like, a year and a half. I round up and say two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came home. I so you were just done with it? or No. Oh, my God, no. I, w- I wanted to stay so bad. Oh. Um, it's the most American millennial reason. I had student loans, so I, had, I couldn't afford to send money back home and still live in Japan because oh. you get paid monthly. So you really have to budget. Oh, wow. And I just didn't have enough money to, like, live comfortably and not just eat, like, kimchi every night for dinner and, like, (laughs) rice and stuff like that. I got to tell you, I get so pissed off at people that dump on millennials. I mean, millennials are saddled with so much debt, and -hmm. it's just the story of their lives, and I get so mad. I literally just finished paying it off last year in September, and I graduated in, like, 2011. So, so yeah, I came home because of that, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm 69, so I, I can get mad at people. Yeah. <laughs> it's not I'm not a millennial, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, so uh, yeah, so you you came home from Japan, and then what? Right. So I came home from Japan, and I still had I started uh, dating a girl right before I left. Um, she was like a student in my school. My student my students were all ages. Uh, she was legal. I've heard I've had people. Um, I've had people. <laughs> Oh my God, you're dating a student. And like, I didn't just teach like little kids. I taught all ages. And so uh, <laughs> I started dating this girl. And um, was she Japanese? She's Japanese, okay. yeah. She was half Japanese, half Korean, but uh-huh. she was living in Japan. Okay. And um, so we started dating right before I left. And so the whole time in 2019, uh, we kept in touch, obviously. And she was able to come visit for work because she worked for a pet food company. Um, they would send her on like business trips. Oh, so nice. it was okay because yeah. we could like FaceTime. And she got to come, and then I came, I went to visit her for Christmas in 2019, oh. yeah, and then New oh, Year's wow. of 2020. Oh wow. oh, wow. Right, so this is where it kind of, so I remember, you know, I'm visiting her for that week. I was not paying attention to the world's affairs. Oh my gosh, But yeah. I had kind of, I listened, I used to listen to NPR a lot more, so mm-hmm. I had kind of my hand on the pulse, I guess is the phrase, of like what was going on in China. 
and I had just been in Japan. So I, I knew it was like kind of a thing, like the pandemic, but it wasn't here yet. So I came home and it was definitely like uh, a moment where I was like, I should have read more into that. I get home from that, that trip. It's like January 3rd, 2020. And I'm in a shuttle to get to the, a different part of the airport. And this guy's like, dude, did you hear the world's ending? And I'm like, what are you talking what? about? <laughs> oh and he God. was talking about when they like uh, ordered that missile strike on that general in Iraq. Uh -huh. And he was like, oh, but, or he was like an Iranian mm -hmm. general, but he was in Iraq. Uh -huh. And he was like, yeah, we're going to have World War Three. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh and God. I was just like, <laughs> wow. So I should have known then that 2020 was not going to be no, the best what year. what a bad year. <laughs> and, uh, and so I was working at this warehouse and uh, just trying to like basically bide time until I went back to Japan to be with my girlfriend and like kind of start our life together. Yeah. And I listened to NPR before work and every day it was like worse and worse and worse. And um, she came to visit right before the pandemic for like a short weekend trip. And like, yeah, then like the next week I went out with my brother and my sister to a beer fest. So it was like super spreader <laughs> event oh my gosh. before anybody had ever used that term. Oh. And uh, when was this? What? This was like, so she came to visit in February, like wow. February 20th. Yeah, so. It was like, right. I remember because we celebrated my brother's birthday right, while right. she visited. And then she had to go to New York. She went back to Japan. And that was that. And then like <laughs> a week later, first week of March, we went to like a beer fest. Okay. And then wow. like the next week, everything was like shut down. So. Where was the beer fest? In Philly. In Philly. Yeah. yeah. In like a warehouse or something like that. It's pretty so it, yeah. 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 So had it really, it hadn't really hit, it was still New York, right? I mean, yeah, it was like New York or? and stuff. Yeah. And I just remember every day on like NPR, like the radio would like, you know, start talking about more and more people getting it and yeah. getting it. And I was, I, I was like, I can't listen to this anymore. It's like yeah. depressing. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and you know, so I just stopped listening to it and like quietly showered in the morning before yeah. work. <laughs> and then, you know, and it crept up on us and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And you were working at that time at the warehouse? Uh, yeah. yeah. So it was like medical. It was weird to be like involved with the pandemic oh, and like the medical, medical field. Yeah. <gasps> but you're like not the front line, but you're like supplying the front line. So yeah. it was like a warehouse <coughs> that made like everything. They, they, they make like the tip of a cane to like surgery kits and stuff Whoa, like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So we were like, how is this going to affect us and the work? And um, I remember people at work were like, should we wear masks? Like, we should wear masks. And my boss was like, no, you cannot wear a mask. Like, at first. Uh -huh. And, mm -hmm. like, it was like, wow, oh, what a 180 that turned. Like, a month yeah. later, he's like, you need to wear the fucking mask. Like, yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> what, did you what do everybody without a mask experience, on? right? It's yeah. Like, even, yeah. Even Fauci at the first was like, well, not everybody ne yeah. needs to wear masks. But I think it was because they wanted to keep the, the supplies the for mm -hmm. the people who really, really needed it. But, you know, they're nailing it with that, you know, in retrospect. But, yeah, it's so funny to think about that, that 180 that everybody did yeah so. it was crazy when did like the world shut down it was like right in march right like when like yeah. no one could travel and nobody could leave there right oh man like, that my how? parents like, were literally gonna go on a vacation yeah uh -huh. so they they had a planned a vacation like a cruise mm -hmm. and and they like <laughs> those became, don't know, ever go so on a cruise <laughs> i have no desire my parents no. like live for it they i literally talked to my dad they're still trying to go on this the cruise that i asked them about last night i was like hey uh I was like, how many days to your cruise? He was like, 49. Like, <laughs> oh my he, he probably couldn't even tell you like the minute that I was born, but he's like, 49 days to the cruise. Like he knew immediately. And there, that's the cruise. Like there's, it's been backlogged. So it's been pushed that's back so far back, but they were ready to go on a cruise. I have no desire 
at all. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> like it just sounds like <laughs> to be so judgmental. It just sounds like you're skirt. in like yeah, just a giant mobile swill disease factory. Yeah, like, it, it is. Just sounds it really, so yeah. gross yeah, and to you're me. Stuck in the middle of it the it's kind of like a plane too, though. A plane is just like a tube filled with gross disease. Mm-hmm. Like it's, but uh, at least you're not like. Yeah, eating with people and that kind of right. wear a mask and you're on there and then off. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it just it's, seems it's boring more. too. Like I don't want to eat that much. <laughs> I like to eat, but like that seems like ninety percent of what you do on a cruise yeah. is like eat and, and sit and like try and get a chair yeah. near the pool <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that, or see horrible <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, or wait hours to get on a tender to get off to see whatever right. place port of call. Yeah, and you got like, no. you're on like a time clock too oh. to get back on the boat. It Ridiculous. seems very stressful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they were ready to go. Like the next day, everything shut down and they were like, we're fucking going. We're going to go. Oh, me and my sister were like, <laughs> we're you will be stuck yeah. in Puerto and Rico forever. Like that you happened. cannot go. And like, I wanted them to go just because they meant so much to them. And I'm like, sorry, this is kind of a big deal. Like you can't go. Yeah. And they did listen to us luckily and did not get stuck in Puerto Rico. So that was good. But That's good. Yeah. I guess I wouldn't have minded maybe being stuck in New Zealand because they handled right. it so handled well. It yeah. And I love their prime minister. She's awesome. But um, yeah. anyway, you said you like being with people. You like making them laugh. I mean, so it must have been really hard for you to let go of that. Right. Part of part of your whole persona is. Yeah, it's like weird. Like engaging. I like spending time by myself. Like I'm, I'm fine with it. I'll talk to myself in the car <laughs> and like, you know, just, you know, be fine with it. But mm-hmm. then. When I go to a party, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, I'll be fine getting to know people. And, like, I like to make people laugh. And, like, so it was definitely super weird. Luckily, a little bit of that was, like, mitigated because work was still going on. Mm-hmm. So I could, like, still be social at work and stuff like that. But yeah, um, that's what I really missed. Yeah. yeah. But it was, like, part-time. It was weird because even though it was medical supplies, like, the hours got kicked back. And it was basically just part-time mm. um, because so much of the stuff we would ship is, like, surgery packs. And, like, if it oh, was no not surgeries. elective surgery. Yeah. yeah. So I thought we were going to be slammed with overtime. But for a while, it was just, like, okay, we're done by, like, 9 you can go home now and it was like weird yeah it was definitely strange getting used to like not being able to see people and like having to work around that and like not being able to see your core friends and stuff like that especially after like coming home from not seeing them for almost two years of being in japan too you know what i mean so yeah yeah Quite an adjustment, particularly, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a gregarious. Well, although you described yourself as an introverted extrovert or yeah. an extroverted introvert. It's kind of, I say introverted extrovert. Yeah. Okay. Like, because like I said, it's like 90% of the time, like most of the week, like I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm like fine being by myself and like people I don't know in line that are being slow or like slow drivers. I'm like, come on, what the fuck? Like, so most people <laughs> annoy me, but like, yeah. I like seeing my friends <laughs> And when I go to a place where I can meet new people, if there's, you know, some sort of icebreaker or like, you know, I have one friend that I know, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Like if it's like a new job, it takes me like three months to like unleash my real personality. Like I have to like feel people out and like suss them out like, okay, like are they going to like be cool with me being like the true weirdo that I am? Like, you know (laughs) what I mean? So and then if I know that they are then we're good, yeah. But mm-hmm. So most of the time, I'm okay being by myself. But if there's, like, a big party or, like, we need to have stuff going, like, I'm okay with that. I'm ready to experience life, you know what I mean? Good mm-hmm. food, fun times, good music, yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah, well, it seems like you were a party thrower. That must have been hard to kind of yeah, give that, that up. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it was, like, in my 20s uh, was, like, the place to be, you know. How old are you now? 
I'm 34. Okay. Yeah. So back oh in like my, my God, 20s. You're so fucking old now. I know. I feel <laughs> old. Like my life feels like over. I remember thinking that 20, uh, 30 would be like the wall in Game of Thrones. It's just like a 700 foot wall. And then beyond the wall, there was just no fun. Everything was like gray and there would be no <laughs> life to live. And, um, you know, the pandemic was kind of like that. But <laughs> not turning 30, it was not that big milestone of yeah. non-fun that I thought it would be. So, but yeah, in like my 20s. That was like the place to go. It was like my parents' house. There was like a pool, a hot tub. You know, there was these playlists and stuff. Uh, That is in Delanco, New Jersey, which no one knows about. I always just tell people it's it's near the Cherry Home Mall. That's literally what I say every time. They're like, "Oh, I know that." (laughs) So (laughs) So your parents live kind of close to you. Yeah, yeah. I live with them now. So Uh when I came back from Japan, I didn't have a place to live. So I was like, "Okay, well, I think I'm going to go back to Japan. Let me stay here. Let me save money." So they were in your bubble. Yeah, yeah. Well, to yeah, it's nice he had that op- option. It was cool. It's very nice, but it was kind of like you you uh, really start to like see how much people annoy you. Like it was nice to be around my family. I was grateful for that, and like mm-hmm. everybody's healthy. To live with like, them, but like story. yeah, you're yeah. like oh my god, they're still here. <laughs> like yeah, no, <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> like yeah, you start to see like all the different buttons that you don't mean to push, mm-hmm. and yeah, they that start to get just pushed. Couples, yeah, much like less, you know. yeah, <laughs> so people like, from different generations, like yeah. oh, like ow, yeah. So it's like me and my brother, and then my mom and my dad. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. How old's your brother? Uh, he is twenty-seven. We're mm-hmm. like I have an older sister too. She she had the opposite. She had this same sort of thing where she was had like people with her the whole time. Mm-hmm. She's like seven years older than me. My brother year, is seven years younger. Wow, we're that's like quite a very gap. Yeah, we're like very spread out. And she had like all of her kids and like homeschooling and stuff like that. Holy so crap. she had like that half of the yeah. pandemic. Oh, see, she's the kind I'm talking about. It's yeah. like they were wishing they were more I'm, alone. I like, was, oh, yeah. Get out of my hair. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, I wish I could go to work for a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a whole co- different way of looking at it. Right. It's, it's amazing. But do you and your brother get along okay? I oh, mean, yeah. Because you were under we're the cool. same roof. Yeah, like, for the most part, yeah. He, we basically have, like, upstairs. That's, like, our mm-hmm. pseudo apartment. Like, we share a bathroom. He's across the hall. And I'm the only one in my house that actually, like, uses their room. So, like, you know, they'll they'll all be kind of spread around the house. But I actually, like, like I said, introverted, extrovert. Like, when I'm home, I'm probably in my room. You know what I mean? Just keeping to myself and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. So, we get along pretty well. Cool. So you talked about something, and this really grabbed me, <clears throat> the self-help loop of hell. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, describe for me, what is that? <laughs> That's something I describe. I, I kind of coined myself, and I was I like. I like it. it. Yeah. It grabbed me. <laughs> I felt like, I was like, is am I the only one that's like in feeling this way? So like a couple of years ago, but I'm not, because I've seen recent YouTubers that are like, you got to got to be careful with self-help and like it's like you know it's not like a cult but <laughs> you just kind of get so wrapped up in it so like a couple of years ago i was <laughs> no that's how that it cracked feels me up, like, I'm sorry. no it's fine like i feel like it's like a cult that you can like you just get yourself into like yeah. and it's, mm-hmm. it's not literally a cult we're not like drinking baby's blood and stuff like that like it's nothing like that but you just get in this like mindset where um that's why i'm afraid of yoga yeah <laughs> yeah you know you have to be careful you got to pick your things you're going to get addicted to you know what I mean yeah. and so a couple of years ago I had like a breakup and I just after the breakup I remember I initiated it but I was like something's wrong with me like I'm I'm fucking suck as a person and Aww. I just don't know why it's just it like coincided with like listening to certain types of podcasts and like starting to read books about like 
being a better person, which is not a bad thing. I'm not saying to anyone like, hey, don't be a better person. You should just continue being who you are. Like, that's cool. But like, <laughs> don't try to be better. Like, don't try to improve yourself. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's a loop in that like, you you start to read a book and it gives you sort of prosaic things you can do. And you're like, oh, that's awesome. And you feel like you're making progress by reading the book and starting to do what they, they uh, tell you to do. And that's mm-hmm. fine. But then there's always some new program and there's some new course you can take and there's some new book you can buy and there's some new YouTube. Jeremy can tell you, like, I'm not a tech-savvy guy. A couple years ago, like, I had to ask him, like, yo, does so-and-so have a YouTube channel? Because, like, the only things I watched on YouTube were, like, skate videos, like, skateboarding videos and, like, skateboarding videos. That was, (laughs) was, like, all I watched. I didn't watch anything else. Same thing with Reddit. I'd be like, what's on Reddit? Like, what is it? And he is like, dude, it's the front page of the internet. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so, like, I had to look that up. Yeah. What the fuck is Reddit? Yeah. So I, (laughs) I, you just start like, you know, seeing YouTube channels that pop up and they're like, you know, these are the seven ways you can be an alpha male. And these are this. And so you get in this (laughs) mindset where like all of your time is just like, at least for me, this is me personally, was like, you're trying to set up your day in a way where you have, you can be this like washboard ab zen enlightened billionaire mogul <laughs> like it's just like it sounds crazy but like it's oh, it's tied yeah. into like hustle culture with like just yeah. in oh, whatever yeah, you whatever you're in too. it's i feel like they're very interlinked that's uh-huh. like the same thing you just you can never sit and just have a day off and uh-huh. wear sweatpants and y- you just feel kind of guilty in the back of your mind sure. because you're not trying to be productive to st- you, you can't have a hobby it's got to be a side hustle. You know what I mean? It's like oh. you start to think that every thing you do must be in service of becoming this like ubermensch mm-hmm. and um, it sucks. And so I realized, <laughs> you know, like doing other things I, I like. I love listening to you. The self-help for I've, me. I've, honestly, <laughs> I've thought about writing an anti-self-help book and like but that the is stuff. Self-help, man. Yeah, I know. Good. And that's the irony. I'm like, don't do it. But like <laughs> I thought about because because like literally when my sister came to visit me in Japan, uh, she was like I lived like again, this kind of ties into that self-help mentality where like I she came to visit me and she's like, what do you want me to bring you? Because when I went there, I wanted to become like this fucking samurai or something like I was like, I need to become this like superhuman. You know what I mean? And Japan is going to do it. So like. I, I had, like, a snafu where, like, I just was never there when the people were going to come hook up my internet. And so, like, the third time, I was like, I'm just not going to have internet in my apartment. And so, it was, like, living in a shoebox-sized apartment in Tokyo with no internet. Oh and and so, you know, with that and with, like, uh, not having, like, Amazon in Japan, she was like, what do you want me to bring you? And I was like, can you bring me this book? And <laughs> it was, like, a self-help book. Oh and God. she was just like, dude do you even do the stuff that they tell you in this book? I'm like, yeah, like I kind (laughs) of do it. And then you start thinking like, oh shit, there's another book. And like when you go into the bookstore, it's like, like it uses like a soft hum. And it's like, it's like, (laughs) it's like bringing you towards it. And you're like, how can I I get that little extra edge on life? It's, it's really like. Cautionary tale for all of us. Yes. So it is. And I, I, it's like, people were like, really, that's what you're addicted to. And like, but it really becomes like, it's like basically your, your, your OS in your brain, like your operating system Mm -hmm. gets completely taken over by this other thing. And you're just like, I always need to do 
better. And I looked back at well, like at least even it's not my cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, yeah. Yeah, I you like know. looked back at my journal of when I was in Japan and like it sucks because it's just me like imploring myself to like be better and, just, oh. and you just you just Ugh. it just sucks so you're just in this loop oh, it's like man. being in a uh, your own hell because you're kind of perpetuating yourself yeah and it's tied into your identity so you feel worse about it because you're like i'm not achieving the stuff that this book says is so easy like and you just feel <laughs> terrible and then it also swaps out all the things you like to do before you know what i mean that mm-hmm. really make you an interesting fun person so yeah Oh, that's so cool, though. I mean, from what I gleaned or discerned, yeah. is that you s- you recognize that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and now you have this sort of new thrust. Right. Be who you were when you were 12. Talk a little bit. You started to sort of touch on that, I think. Yeah. And I realized, like, in I was like, what if I was going to talk to myself to never get go down this lame street that <laughs> I went down for so long? Oh, I was so like, many people go down that. It's true. They, and they each have their different one. I yeah. just love this. Okay. Yeah. So, Sorry like, everybody on. has their thing. And it's just, like, if I was going to write this anti-self-help book, it would be, like, how to cut through the bullshit of, like, that mindset. Mm-hmm. And, like, one of the things I thought of was just, like, be who you were when you're 12. Mm-hmm. Like, so when I was 12, like, I wasn't fucking worried about, like, being the best person ever and, like, being the most popular in school and, like, running a side hustle, selling candy or whatever you sell in middle school. Like, I was just... I wanted to watch anime and watch Jackie Chan movies and, like, draw and, like, you know, um, just tell stories and things like that. I've always, like... Like, when I was a little kid, I was crazy about action figures. Mm -hmm. But if we were outside, we were playing some, like, crazy story and, like... Mm -hmm. You were the action figure. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I was like, just be who you were when you were 12. Like, that's when you're really passionate Mm -hmm. about stuff. And, And... if you do those things, you know, unless you were really on the wrong side of the track when you were 12 and you were like, <laughs> well, at 12, I was a hobo or something, you know, and you were like homeless, like maybe a different age that you felt yeah, yeah, like yeah. you really were being able to be yourself. But yeah, it was just getting in touch with like what you really want to do and like make that younger version of yourself happy. Like I was like, would 12 year old me want to be reading this boring stuff? Like, no. And when I was 12, like, you know, I was learning and I figured that out as well, like, because I wasn't reading fiction. I wasn't watching as much movies. That's how I learn. Like I see these characters doing stuff and I'm like, I want to be more like that. Like, that's cool. That's how I learn. Mm -hmm. I can't just set, follow this rule book. That's very boring. They could tell you it in like one page, but they have to like pad out an entire book. Yeah. And it's just so annoying. Oh, it's like, like clickbait, right? It's yeah, I mean, it, it's, it just it's, like it's it locks you in, you know? and it just keeps repeating the same well, stuff. Well, and they so never like, get to the fucking point. It's yeah. like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. You think I'm gonna keep watching this? But then I do. Yeah. <laughs> so like, <laughs> stop. And you know, you tell yourself, stop. Just, just stop. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's what I've gotten. I'm glad you at doing. did. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. I'll tell you, I've learned. You know, going back to being who I was when I was 12. I've learned more in, like, one episode of Naruto, which is, like, an anime. <laughs> it's, like, an anime about uh-huh. ninjas. It's awesome. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm watching that now. So what have you learned from it? Oh, my God. How it to just, be a ninja? Yeah, just, like, you got to persevere and be who you are and stuff like that. And, like, uh-huh. each ninja, they're good at different things. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm not – I don't want to be an um, entrepreneur. I don't want to be a billionaire entrepreneur, like – these books tell you you could be or like some zen enlightened person like i don't care about that like uh-huh. so that that show tells you more morsels of like how to be a person than these books ever could and that's how i learn like from these fictional characters you know what i mean like i'm like damn that guy's pretty badass 
and he's pretty calm under pressure. I'm like, dude, I'm just going to be more like that. That's pretty cool, dude. Like, be a ninja in your own life. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. way more informative to me and more enjoyable. It's so boring to read those books <laughs> and stuff. Like, they're so boring. How many but, do you think you read, by the way? Oh, man. Um, yeah, you were on that <sighs> kick for quite a while. I mean, at least 20. At oh, least 20. You okay. know what I mean? Over the course of a couple of years and stuff like that. Well, but it puts you in a position to truly evaluate them and the value and lack of value. Yeah. That... Mm-hmm that are inherent in those things. Yeah. So, you know, well, it's nice. Uh, I don't know. Could you say that now because you're home and have this time to sort of focus on that, that sort of led you to analyzing what bullshit that was and yeah, your it new was, focus? Yeah, I would say, like, the pandemic definitely kind of put it into focus because, like, um, and being home for sure, because I was like, well, what what's the next move? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I've been, I've been, like, wandering around all these different jobs and, like, then the pandemic was like, it just taught me to be kinder to myself. And I was like, well, by constantly feeling like shit and reading the stuff that makes me feel like shit, um, while the whole world I feels like that. shit, yeah, be kind maybe you should just be nice to yourself. I love that. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow, there, there's something you all can take away yeah. from this. Yeah. Be kind to yourself yeah. and don't click on clickbait. <laughs> no, don't, don't click on clickbait. Don't get um, sucked down these rabbit holes. Man. Like, just just do the things you enjoy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that I if you do that. them and you are into them, like, that'll make you way more of an interesting person than, like, trying to be this interesting person because mm-hmm. of this book. You know what I mean? That tells yeah, well you that's just fake. steps. Yeah, And it's people boring. can tell yeah. all that, you know? Yeah. Well, you talk about being a storyteller, too. I mean, how, you know, how can you gonna build on that or yeah so oh, here i am putting pressure on you i'm sorry no worries <laughs> yeah. um, hope, i don't mean that i don't no, i'm no not worries. saying monetize it i'm just doing it you know to, to are you telling to me to make this a side hustle <laughs> no. <laughs> let's talk about how you could make money with your yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i mean that's how can still, i monetize this podcast <laughs> yeah. that's that still is like the dream care. uh from like 12 year old carl like i realized again like when i was a little kid i was just um if i was like I don't think I was still playing with toys at 12 because like I remember being genuinely sad when I like picked up a toy and it just felt lifeless to me oh my like God. you know when like yeah. that's when you're like I guess I'm a teenager it's now like I, it was really today. separate it was like sad this it was like worse big. than it was yeah. like worse you know, than any like, torture that Sid could this? do to the toys <laughs> I just remember picking one up in like sixth grade I'm like nothing just dead to me but like <laughs> <laughs> But like I used to use my Barbie doll as a voodoo doll. She was had pinholes all over her. Oh really? <laughs> wow, that's yeah. That's Sorry, I just I opened my computer. I there. That one, yeah. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I just realized that like as I got older, like te- uh, telling stories was the same thing as playing with toys, um, but just writing it down mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or like telling a uh, telling a story that. about like. Taking the same attitude towards it to like when I had a crazy thing happen to me and then trying to make it interesting for people to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's what I mean. I used to write all the time. Um, It's November right now. So there's like a thing called uh, National Novel Month where you like sit down and it's a bunch of people online and you write a whole novel's length thing, whatever your story is, in the month of November. And I did it all the time before I started reading like the self-help and stuff like that. And... um, you know, so I'm just trying to get back to that. And uh, Jeremy's been super helpful with that because he's in, like, a creative career. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's trying to help me, like, get focused, get Jeremy disciplined. Look at Jeremy out there helping you know everybody. I mean? Yeah, so <laughs> he's trying to help me break out of my old crappy mindset that I was in for, like, so long. And uh, it's been fun. Yeah, so eventually down the line, like, that would be awesome to, like, 
yes, make money off of like writing or something like that or start my own podcast one day or something like that. So, yeah. Well, it's it's a shame, you know, it's a shame that money is a requirement. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it, it feels, yeah. Creativity and, you know, things in the arts. And I, I feel like any kind of creative thing that you want to undertake is just so undervalued. And It is. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's crushing, you know, even in education, just to see mm-hmm. the first things that go away or anything that had to do with creativity yeah. in the arts. And, you know, as a storyteller, I mean, it's just, well, although, you know, storytelling is coming back. Yeah, definitely. They talk for sure. a lot about it now, you know, just. Yeah. Don't you think? I mean, I think I've heard for, so I much think that's why people listen to podcasts because uh-huh. it's it's a oh. story, you know, I think that's <laughs> why people are so into podcasts mm-hmm. because it's just people talking I never and made it's that their link. stories. Yeah. It took me a while too. I'm like cuz I was listening to so many podcasts when I was in Japan, like not having internet in my apartment. I w- those were like my phantom friends that I yeah. you know, I would just had them with me at all times. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and that was super helpful. I think it's definitely useful. And that was the thing like when I was in that crazy self-help loop of hell <laughs> where I felt like I'm like, well, storytelling, that's bullshit. That, like it, I, I it basically yeah. like tricked myself. I feel like I squashed the right side, I think, is like the creative side of your brain. And that's mm-hmm. like more where I live in most of the time. I think it got squashed down by like the more logical part of my brain. And that's just not really how I've ever been. And I remember thinking kind of like, what's the point? Like this is like kid stuff telling these stories. And then. I remember I read, like, a quote. I think it was from Stan Lee where he had, like, the same thing. He kind of felt the same way when they were starting Marvel. Uh-huh. He was like, who the hell am I? Like, there's people out there that are, like, bus drivers and, you know, uh, bankers or whatever, construction workers. Who the hell am I to, like, make up these fucking characters? And he's like, that gets them through their day. Like, they, that helps them feel – like, he's like, no, this isn't bullshit. This is a real job. Like, this helps people feel alive and, like, feel – like that's what they look forward to all day or they get one for their kid. So, like, yeah, stories are super underrated and mm-hmm. just the creative arts, super underrated. Um, but I think people are starting to see that it's just a valued thing. Mm-hmm. It's necessary. And I feel like even if you don't try and make money off of it, just do it because it feels good for you. Like, yeah. if you're not hurting anyone with your art or whatever you're trying to do, like, just do it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, don't don't second guess it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, there's a takeaway if I ever <laughs> heard one. I feel I feel better from having heard this. <laughs> <laughs> it's felt better making that realization myself, and uh-huh. just like, you know, um, just doing it again feels great. So, yeah, it feels like an extra limb of your body is like, oh yeah, oh my god, I had that. That that's part of me. Like that's part of my brain. I forgot that I had that part of my brain. You know what I'm I mean? I'm so, so glad you got back yeah. to it. That's <laughs> that's really exciting. Yeah. Not just a quick aside because I don't know what this is. You talked about key uh, gong. Oh, qi gong. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> Not many people know. And I was t- I was actually telling Jeremy on the ride over. Um, I have been kind of slacking on it after doing it for a while. It's just kind of like um, Tai Chi, but it's not so structured. Like Mm -hmm. Tai Chi has like, I think like thousands of different forms uh, that you can do. And that's, you know, just like this gentle moving, Mm -hmm. kind of moving meditation stretch. um, And Qigong is kind of less structured. And Mm -hmm. um, during the pandemic, I definitely started meditating again. I and then I started uh, trying to do Qigong again because I had always been interested in like healing yourself more naturally and like taking care of your body and stuff like that. And it's been just nice. Like it's like a nice way to like wind down at night. 
it's a good way to like wake up in the morning. It's wow. not hard. Like anyone can do qigong or tai. Like tai chi is more structured again, but like mm-hmm. qigong, like anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just super relaxing. And like, um, I found that a lot of like the aches and pains. I'm a hypochondriac, so like I'm like, oh, my knee hurts. Up, it's definitely. I definitely tore something or like it's cancer. <laughs> like I'm always like thinking the worst because it's my imagination. Like uh-huh. I realized that too. Like it's just my imagination making up new stories uh-huh. about what's going on with my body. But it just makes you feel like a lot less achy, a lot more limber and like a lot more like grounded in your body and stuff like that. So it's been well, fun. I think it's so yeah. cool. You really sound like you've gotten in touch with yourself and, and yeah. are more self-accepting, which mm-hmm. so many people, people right. could right. take that advice you know yeah. just look inward a, a lot more and mm-hmm. try to accept who you are I, I feel like i've just gone through a therapy session <laughs> <laughs> yeah honestly I, carl <laughs> thank you <laughs> no worries yeah um uh, no worries That's so what I'm do you here. think the future's gonna hold for you now you know i mean sounds like you don't like to plan too much so yeah i'm kind of i don't want to put any pressure <laughs> on you at all but now that we're having more ability to get out and be with people mm-hmm. and get out and tell your stories or yeah I kind of want to do that like definitely I, I kind of feel open like mic night somewhere <laughs> I, I thought about it yeah people always tell me like you should do open mic night um, I've tried it a couple times it's cool it's just weird it's definitely different like trying to write jokes um, compared to like just off the cuff like situationally be funny oh yeah I don't think I think I could do it but it's not something like that craft it's not that's definitely not something where I'm like oh, I want to be a stand-up comedian because well, like it's but open mic night isn't uh, so a lot of times it's just, I hear this a lot on NPR, storytelling, yeah. you know, yeah. and just good stories. Mm-hmm. Maybe down the line I'll be yeah. on, like, The Moth or something like that. Yeah. My mom's like, why don't you listen to The Moth? You need to listen to it. I've listened to it, like, twice. It's pretty cool, but I've, only, I've, I've never to listened it to it, like, also, in depth. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think just, like, continue trying to, to get uh, writing again, like, discipline just for fun. And then if it if I can kind of make it into something, that'd be awesome. I have some projects in mind that I've been like, I'm definitely feel like I'm going to be leaning on Jeremy. Like, oh, how do I do this? Like, <laughs> he's been helping me a lot. Like, because I do want to tell these stories, uh, whether they make me money or not. Just because I've had them in my head for like two years, some uh-huh. of them. Like, there's like a whole 50 pages worth of notes for oh, like this I one giant him. story and stuff him. like that. And I imagine that one is more like a manga, which is just like a Japanese comic book right, instead yep. of, you know, like just a novel or written word and stuff like that. So I've actually heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> so I don't know, just trying to work a job and dedi- like work a nine to five, uh, make some money and then just like work a five to nine and work on those passion projects and yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I feel like I put them off for way too long and kind of just like deferred those dreams. So kind of time to get them activated again and stuff like that. So, yeah. I love that. Sort of f- flips things on its head, you know, the you're just going to support yourself to support yourself, you know, yeah, just yeah, to support just what you really love to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, again, instead of like trying to be some like Superman, just, I just want to become like more of myself. Cause yeah. like, I feel like for a long time I was kind of away from my real self. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like I was still out, I was still me with friends and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But like where my head and my heart were, we're just like not in sync at all. So I'm trying well, to get back to that. Well, you know, that's that. a process. I think that's what, um, you know, all young adults yeah. go through. And for a lot of them, never really realize it i mean so we're so impacted by the pressures outside pressures mm-hmm. so I, I i really admire you you know for looking inward mm-hmm. and recognizing that a lot of people just don't and they just continue to be yeah. beaten up by yeah. by these outside pressures yeah i've been definitely just uh trying to like uh, 
just have like a snap, ju- not like a snap judgment, but like just take a deep breath and be like, oh, this stuff that I'm thinking is kind of bullshit. Like this doesn't have any real bearing on my life and just kind of like cut myself off before I get wound up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just kind of do that stuff moving forward. Cause like I had a completely different like life plan before the pandemic and then that completely got sidetracked and stuff. And that, so. you know, that actually, you know, going back to sort of the whole thrust of this conversation, you know, mm-hmm. I'm starting to learn that the pandemic, uh, yeah, it killed people, but it wasn't all bad. I mean, people have, everybody's had to, you know, rethink yeah. their lives, look at themselves differently and mm-hmm. what they want to do. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for, for many people, it's given them an opportunity to, to be more introspective and, yeah. and maybe just think outside the box. Right, yeah. And I just, I feel like I had to... Yeah, I just kind of had to look at it because for most of the pandemic, uh, like I still had like a good support system with that girlfriend overseas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we were still dating. It was long distance. Yeah. Um, but then like, you know, that uh, I don't know how much time we had. That's like no. a whole nother story, <laughs> like that saga of like what happened during the pandemic. But like, yeah, that once that relationship eventually did end and like for the reasons that it ended, like definitely made me look even more at myself. Mm-hmm with just myself, you know, I kind of didn't have that other person to like prop up my feelings. Like oh. I had to be even more like uh, looking at them by myself again. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, that was actually more this year than last year because like I said, last year we were still together and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. When did you finally decide that it was over? Oh, I mean, yeah. Is, this, uh, is that another segment? That or might yeah, be another that might, segment. That, yeah, yeah. Cause that was, yeah, that was like this year. Um, and it was not a decision I really wanted to make. It kind of happened. and But it definitely delves into, like, more topics uh, pandemic-related about, like, mental health and, like, stuff like that. Yeah, Ooh, I think like we're going to have to have a Carl part, too. I think we should. I yeah, told you we were going to. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, yeah. We didn't, that was kind of like, I was like, oh, I think we're going to talk about that the whole time. But, yeah, we didn't even talk about yeah, that. I think it's like, worth it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I really did love the thrust of this particular <laughs> segment. and. Yeah, I think we should. I'm I'm definitely, definitely down for that. Yeah. Uh, that'd be great. That'd be great because I'm sure all of our listeners are like, okay, we want to hear that next. We want to hear that next bit. Yeah, part two coming. Yeah, whenever I guess. Cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to hearing about that. Well, this has just been great. I um, thanks been super for fun. giving your insights mm-hmm. to me and to the listeners, and um, we look forward to to the next time. So, um, those of you out there, thanks for listening, and we uh, look forward to having you. Listen to us again next week. Thank you.